Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hello, welcome to This Marketing Show. I've got a great guest on today. I watched this guy on LinkedIn many, many times. And as a former athlete, if you can't tell by my physique, Eric, I'm a big sports guy. And I listened to you talk about how football coaching is so close and relevant when it comes to sales leadership or leadership in general. And I wanted to have you come on and talk about your experience as a, as a winning football coach. You took a team in Indiana from five and five. Next year, you went to state championships and the year after you won. So you clearly got a good formula for success. Welcome to this marketing show, buddy. Hey, thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, you and I could probably talk all day about, you know, the benefit of having great coaches, whether it's on the field or in the boardroom. Um, you know, let me ask you this, like you've got some principles before we get to it. Why do you think coaching in football and coaching in business is so, you know, connected? I think there's a lot of correlations. I'm surprised that people haven't tied, tied the, tied the knots, uh, sooner. You know, if you think about it, a, a coach has to lead a, a large amount of individuals, get them on a common goal, common mission with common execution. And then there's sub layers to that. They have, uh, you know, assistant coaches, which is, is a different way, different tempo, different talk track. And then there's actually players that come in. But it's all about setting up systems and programs and, and really empowering your people to maximize their potential. And there's tools, techniques that they use that are very uh, applicable to business. And we, we can get into that here shortly, if you'd like. Yeah, no, I, I, I look, I come from a background in hockey. You're, you're playing football. And I, I think you know, coaching can make an average athlete great, a great athlete, a superstar, but bad coaching can uh, take it the reverse. So, you know, one of the one of the things you talked about before was the importance of fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. And, you know, in our Salt to Win, we run sales practices because I believe people say they can do the fundamentals, but it's that repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, you know, one thing you told me that I think is very relevant when it comes to coaching is you don't practice in the locker room. Maybe you could talk to that as it relates to business and football. Yeah, I mean, don't assume results. And, and, uh, and so often than not, we, we get in a meeting, we get in an environment and we don't create an environment for learning. And, and if you think about it, I, I always ask any leader, hey, tell me an environment that you created for learning and an environment that you create for performing. And if you can't clearly define that, then you're always basically practicing, uh, you know, on your clients in, in essence. And so I think that getting outside of your normal, you know, routine, maybe even structure just one meeting solely for just practicing so you can rep and repeat, rep and repeat. I mean, if you're not comfortable with something, I, I hear all the time, Rick, people are not comfortable talking in front of a camera. Okay. How often are you doing it every day? I promise you, if you start doing it every day, every day, rep and repeat, rep and repeat, you'll become very good at, at, at you know, doing whatever it is that you're moving forward. It's just fundamental knowledge. And so the concept there is don't assume results. Hey, we don't play the game in the locker room. You know, mimic game-like positions, uh, game-like atmospheres in other aspects and other environments. You know, you know in hockey, uh... I can remember in the dressing rooms, coaches would go over formation for power play, breakouts, et cetera. But to your point, once you get on the ice or on the field, like all of a sudden you got resistance, you've got different elements, and it's so important to do it as opposed to just talk about it. And I think uh, 
you know, I go back to, you know, why I, I, our events, I don't run sales training events because I think it's a little disrespectful candidly to a lot of salespeople. I run what we call sales practices because I challenge them and say, okay, look at, we're just going to do fundamentals today, objection handling, how you would, you know, deliver a prospecting talk track, et cetera. And people wince at it, but you know what, until they actually start to do it, they, they don't realize, you know, I'm not that good at it. And that, that repetition that comes from football, I mean, you guys must run play after play after play to make sure they got it. Um, well, Rick, what, what you just said there is, I think it's so critical. It's like, <clears throat> it, it's, it's, I almost think of like, first, there's a level of introduction, right? You can introduce things in a meeting room or, or through, uh, through, you know, talking about, and so often than not, people think that's done. Hey, I, I told you about it. And, and so, but if you don't give an environment to apply what they have just been introduced, and then continuously do it so they can master it. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, you're just telling, you're not educating and, and kind of leading through that process. And I think that's what's really important about coaching. It's multifaceted. It's not only education, it's creating the environments, it's creating the connection, but it's also giving tools to execute accordingly. No, I, I, you, look, I, I think you and I, you know, differ from some that think, you know, I told them and they can do it. I remember I took over a sales team that was five and five at best. And, uh, you know, we had mature sellers a mixed bag and nuts, if I can call it that on the program. But anyway, objection handling. So what I did was I wrote the objections on a, a on the back of, I had a deck of playing cards. I said, okay, guys, what are the top 10 we get? Okay. We wrote them down every meeting, every Tuesday morning meeting, I'd deal out the cards, they'd flip it over, they wouldn't know the objection and they'd have to respond to it. But it was that basic repetition to the point where I knew they could do it. Anyway, I just think so many principles cross over. And uh, what about this, like, um, you know, measurement? Today, you know, there's so many different ways to measure sales or business. Um, and I'm sure when it comes to coaching, you've got, you know, different measurement uh, philosophies. Like, you talk a lot about measuring the right things. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, there's a formula I've used forever. There, there was a psychologist. He, he said that hey, performance is potential minus interference. And so if you think about that, we have no control over our performance. We have no control over our, you know, given potential. And everyone will argue with that. But if you think about it, Rick, if we minimize our interferences, then yes, your potential goes up and then your performance goes up. And too often than not, we don't measure what's interfering. And so by, by empowering the people, measuring things that were within your control, then it really empowers the user. It makes it very obvious and, and they get hungry for that. I'll give you a great example. Uh, too often than not in football, we would just measure results. We, we would measure stats, you know, how many tackles, how many, you know, uh, interceptions. You can go back through, through the gamut. But they didn't have control over that. So for me, it's about, you know, measure. Did they get uh, aligned right, right? Did they do the right assignment? Did they do the right technique? And you could create this environment in business and especially in sales by, uh, uh, you know, everything that there's some fundamental things that move forward. So by walking an individual through, I always just say like, hey, did you, did you show empathy? Did you listen to the customer, right? Did you establish a level of trust? Did you teach them, educate them something? Did you show a level of vulnerability? If you walk through kind of those four aspects and start measuring where you are in that, it's very empowering. And you start to see a transformation, not only in, in the salespeople that you're coaching or the people that you're leading, but in the organization from culture and ultimately results. Yeah. Like, you know, I, 
I work with a lot of different salespeople and, you know, some of them complain about they've become CRM jockeys, uh, you know, fine. I'll, I'll fill out the reports. <laughs> You're laughing. You've heard them too. Right. But you know, I'll fill out the reports and fill out the reports. So they check the boxes and the activities. But I remember, you know, you and I were talking off camera and how you would really not just measure what the athletes were doing, but you, you would actually post, I think the results too, and share those with the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think competing is, is a great environment, but competing with the aspect, not to compare, but competing with the aspect to create and, and to grow. And so when people are, are empowered to the results that are within their control, change the stats. So for me, I, uh, the story I told you very quickly was I used to post these stats and there was a huge line. Um, but then I said, look, your, your playing is going to be directly resulted to this. And honestly, Rick, it was just a simple, uh, if you did your job and, and, you know, everything was right, you got a one. If you just, if the play was away and, and it really wasn't about you, but you still did everything right, you just got a zero, just kind of nothing day. And then if, if you just, you know, made a mental error or something that could have been fixed, it was a negative one. And, and so at the end of the day, players would either have like, you know, for the game of 15 points, 20 points, but then I would directly correlate playing results to that. And that was very empowering for, for, for the players. And you just started to see that, wait a minute, now my direct actions are not based on opinion, are not based on, on something that I can make an excuse that's not within my control. And when you start taking accountability and people start doing that as well, that's ultimately where you start seeing, you know, big success from that standpoint. I know it seems trivial, but it, it, it's being very intentional, very specific, but goes back to the topic of measuring the right things. And to me, the right things are about what is, what can we directly improve on? What do we have control over? And, and I think by creating an environment around that and teaching what that is, it, you know, it, it's, it's very specific. Uh, one, one last point. I asked so many reps today in sales. All right. What's the one thing you have to do today to be successful and, and, and you know, uh, make contacts or, or, you know, make a lot of calls and, and either they don't know or, or they are uh, not specific. And, and, and to me, I, I think that's unacceptable. You, you need to know exactly what's going on. I, you know, so like in that example, hey, make five, you know, client engagements, but define a client engagement, not by like, you know, talking to someone in the traditional sense. It could be responding in LinkedIn genuinely, not fake of, of uh, you know, hey, I send a message, they receive the message. It's, it, you know, we go back and forth about any topic, by the way. Um, and that's an engagement. And, and I just think if you have five of those every single day, it's going to start building and building and, and, and add to that. But those are something that you can measure. And that's something to not only give direction, but crystal clear clarity to your people that you're leading or coaching. And um, that that's that's leads to a, a very healthy culture, but also an exciting culture because people feel like, wait a minute, I can do this. I, I, I can get this moving forward. In football, you know, would you measure players on every play? Yes. Yeah, that's important. That, that's important. I mean, think about it. How many people that, that you're either leading or you come in contact with, I mean, do they even know that you're thinking about them? And, and I know that sounds maybe, you know, but it's, it's really specific. 
And, and too often than not, we think that one-on-ones are, are acceptable. So you have a structured, formal thing that you have to do to kind of go through this. Uh, to me, you know, the, the most empowering leaders I had and the ones I would run through a wall for, both the coach and, and in, in, in business, they would just randomly call, hey, checking in on you. And, 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 and it's first about you, right? They, they, you know how to emotionally connect. But then once they've earned the right because of that, then they can really speak truth. Tell us what we need to hear, not necessarily what we want to hear. And too often than not, we're not invested enough as leaders. And I just call it selfish leadership. And I, I'll, I'll, I'm leading this pack right here because, mm-hmm. you know, human nature is you get caught up in, in your day. And, and that's unacceptable. Your most important meeting ever is going to be developing your team or, you know, your team meetings. Um, it's about connecting with your people each and every day, but it's about truly caring for them at an individual basis. There's a saying, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true. And, and if you can connect from that standpoint, then you start to understand more of the interferences, Rick, to mm-hmm. maximize the performance. Well, look, I, you know, I can tell you, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate to get a, a hockey scholarship to an NCAA division one school. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that the coaches growing up as a, as a Canadian athlete, then playing at the NCAA level, like if you've got an average coach, you tend to have an average team. Um, now no coaches won a game that I've been on a team, but the players, when they buy in to a coach and the coach believes in them, there's a connection, you know, the, um, there's an old saying uh, when I was doing work with Ingram Micro uh, and, and we were doing some leadership coaching programs, I used to say that, you know, managers light a fire underneath, leaders light a fire inside. And uh, to your point about connecting with the athlete or in business, um, I think a lot of leaders are just chasing the numbers and they forget that they need the people on board you know, back to, you know, grading people on each play. When we run sales training events, Eric, what we do is we basically break a sales call down into different kind of, you know, be the snap of the ball. Okay. How the ball's taken. Sorry, I'm butchering your, your football talk probably, but like, how do you actually open the call? Like literally, what are you doing to the rapport phase? What are your initial questions you're going to ask? And surprisingly, people just think, oh, I'm just going to, you know, And so we focus there because the beginning of the play, the way it's done can really set you up for success or disaster. And uh, and the last thing, you know, you told me before you were posting results, which I thought was really good because a guy told me one time, uh, an MBA program, apparently true, uh, that when you post results and stack rank people based on a common metric and you post them publicly, you'll get no less than 30% more buy-in from the group in terms of, you know, looking at that stuff. Um, but again, it's got to be to your point, you got to be measuring the right things. What about this? You, you had another really good point that I think uh, is relevant. And that is, don't coach during the game. What, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, and you'll get argued on this on a lot of coaches. But to me, uh, during the game, that, that's all the, the work that, and efforts that you've done leading up to that. During the game, it's about put, making sure that people are in the right mindset, comfortable, and, and sure, you're just trying to minimize any interferences that may come up on that, either you know, lack of belief, uh, uh, making them feel more comfortable. And too often than not, I, I see in business that um, there's, been no, there's been no coaching or done prior to, to the happening. And so as you're in maybe working a deal or, or, or 
you're in the moment that that's when you want to coach. And, and I, I think honestly, that's when you should be sitting back and looking at the rewards that you just had. Now I will say this, I, I have empathy for leaders today because um, we have to move faster and, and, and part of coaching, right? I always said that, that coaching is not education, uh, the, the, meaning the end result of learning, the end result of, of teaching is learning and, and the end result of coaching is performance. And, and I think there's a big difference in that end result. And so now leaders have to move faster. They're getting hit in, in a different environment. And so you almost have to take some of this coaching techniques and, and, and implement it. But we assume leadership translates to coaching. And, and, and I think that we have to have more empathy for leaders to arm them with the right tools, to arm them with the right cadence and, and coaching, so to speak. So they can then, you know, go out and, and execute and perform in, in with their people. And, uh, I, you know, I have empathy from that standpoint. But coaching during the game is really around, you know, I'll give you a great example. Why aren't we recording film? You look at any good football team, they really take time to watch film. It's not mm -hmm. about playing in the game. It's mm -hmm. about wa watching film. And, and think about this, you know, any any game film, right? The game could last like three hours, but the actual playing time is about, honestly, if you factor everything in, about 15 minutes. But we spend the entire practice, we don't even go out in the field watching the film because that is such eye awakening to the players to actually see them performing. So today, why don't we record calls? Customers are more than ever to be happy about that, to just kind of, you know, record, listen in, and then watch that game film. And then let's coach around that. But too often than not, we're, we're, we're reactive in nature, either after something's happened or in the moment versus truly creating that learning environment and, and moving forward. So that's what I mean by don't, don't coach during the game. Well, and I think the technology is there. Uh, you know, there's platforms that, you know, with AI, you can pick up if someone says certain words, uh, et cetera. And I just think you're right. It's an underutilized tool recording calls. Um, you know, let me ask you this, if I may, as we wrap up, uh, it may be catching a cold here. What do you think are maybe some core skills that a football coach would have that a business leader could absolutely use in their bag? So they have multiple tools and, and, and they understand how to create different environments for different cadences. So they take advantage. Any good coach takes advantage of organizing. First thing, uh, uh, and I was humbled because I was a really bad head coach to begin with uh, because I didn't master this. I knew all the coaching techniques and everything else, but first off, own your calendar. So, and, and don't own it by the day, don't own it by the week, 90 day intervals. So in 90 days, everything's planned out because this is, you know, you are setting the tempo for the organization or the people you're coaching. And then in that area, create a different environment. So practice for us was two hours, but we would break things down into like five minutes. So if you're doing a meeting, make sure that is very structured and, and, and you know, still allowing for authenticity and the openness, but, um, you know, structuring that. So maximizing your time and then tools. Like, like I think like, like a, a, a CRM to me, people would talk about, like if you ask, hey, what sort of tools do you use in your business? And people typically go to systems or technologies. But I think by applying things differently, they become a tool. Like, you know, um, I laugh because we have these, you know, presentations. 
But I mean, there's a conversation around that. So just even in your content, have a conversation deck, have a learning deck, you know, and then be able to go out and have that. So by just creating, um, you know, owning your calendar, learning about tools is critical. And then the last piece is, um, you know, really empowering the people below you. A head coach is only as good as their staff and, and, and your staff shouldn't mimic you. Your staff should challenge you. And too often than not, you know, we don't have the right staff around us to be truly effective with the amount of work we have to do today. Yeah. You know, I couldn't agree more. The assistant coaches have to come with a different uh, cartoon character than the head coach. And that's what makes great teams uh, champions. And, you know, you've obviously led a championship team. Just looking at your shoulders there, you probably played on a few, but hey, you and I could talk, I'm sure, all day about uh, sports and business. There's a direct connection, I would argue, to the end on that. Thank you very much for sharing your insights today, buddy. And for those of you that aren't following Eric on LinkedIn, highly recommend it. He'll come at you if you can't tell with his football helmet behind him there with all kinds of great concepts that I think, if nothing else, make me think, and I think you uh, we'll re- be rewarded if you follow the guy on LinkedIn. Anyway, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Or sorry, say thanks for joining us, coach. Thank you, Rick. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.